Alpaca pals, when you look on Instagram or TikTok, there's tons of content that shows you glamorous, relaxing, and flawless travel. But we all know social media is a highlight reel. The reality? Travel sometimes goes a little wrong. From missed flights to bouts of food poisoning, most of us are guaranteed to face some trials and tribulations on our travels. Today, I'm catching up with our favorite guest, Zach. He's been on the show every single season. And we're also going to chat with his pal, Lauren, to talk all about the travel disasters we've faced. We're going to touch on some, (laughs) heads up, bathroom humor. And we'll also chat a bit about how to travel well with your friends. I hope you all get a little laugh and maybe learn a thing or two from our mistakes. All right. Well, we're here with Zach and Lauren. Zach, you've been on the show before, so welcome back. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, you've never been on the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited. (laughs) How about you both introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about yourselves. I'm a visual effects artist and English teacher, which is part of why I travel. Long story short, I found my love of travel by moving to Korea for a year to teach kids at a public school there and um, kind of continued on for a few years, traveling around, doing some solo stuff. Yeah, just want to keep keep doing it. I'm Zach. I don't know why you keep having me back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm a psychotherapist in Toronto. Uh, We have talked about many things from queer travel to danger to what travel media tells us about travel. Part of the reason why I like travel is to learn more about the world and pull apart the complexities of it and all that stuff. So hopefully it continues after this pandemic. It absolutely will. And I just have to say also, Alpaca Pals, we are recording in person. That's probably why we're all giggling yeah. so much because this is a really surreal experience. It's true. <laughs> I'm like looking at real people while I'm recording, which isn't usually the case. Usually I'm looking at someone through a screen. So honestly, I feel kind of nervous and awkward. I don't know about you guys. You're so I'm always to awkward. <laughs> no, I feel like I, this is my calling. So. <laughs> She's living the dream. (laughs) Okay. Before we dive in, though, you need to tell us your relationship because I know you are good friends and you have traveled together. Can we hear the story of how you became friends and started traveling together? So we've known each other since 2008. Zach knows the exact day that we met. April 28th, 2008. It's because we were training (laughs) together and she annoyed the crap out of me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) But no, we became really good friends. We were students together, lived the life of being poor students, especially. And then once we became adults and had careers, we could afford to travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we were like, oh, we we have a shared interest. Like we we want to go to the same places. So we've been traveling together for like 10 years. Yeah, we've obviously become, we're still friends. So we've yeah. become, <laughs> we've become a lot closer over the years. And I think traveling together has obviously made that possible for us to get closer, right? <laughs> I yeah. feel like yeah. it'll, it goes one of two ways. If yes. you travel with a friend or a partner or like basically any human that you know, you either become closer or it goes the opposite way and you become hating each other. <laughs> yeah, true. And that hasn't happened yet. 
Yeah, we're just waiting for the right trip. Yeah. Okay, so we like to do this little thing sometimes when we start the show where Katie surprises me with a TikTok that's travel related. We thought this time it'd be fun to do like a little round table. So we're all going to watch the TikTok together and then we're all going to share how we feel. This really scares me. (laughs) You look so nervous. I'm excited. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. (laughs) I think you guys are all going to thrive from this question. Oh, no, I just gave it away. Okay, let me just play it. So a while ago, a friend of mine told me about this theory that she had. And the theory was everyone has a city where they are like their hottest self and people are just obsessed with them. When she told me this, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, okay. I I clearly haven't found my city yet. So every time I travel somewhere, I'm like, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And it hasn't been it. It has not been it. I've been to a lot lot of cities and I've never felt like this. So I started to think this theory is just a load of BS until this week. This week I went to New York for the first time and bitch is my fucking city. I, I found my fucking city. So point being, where is the place that you've traveled to where you feel like your hottest self? Confession, Lauren's hot. She's hot in every city. That's your perspective. Thank you very much for saying that. I think I feel hottest in Latin America. I mean, how can you not? Mm -hmm, Same. Right? Mm -hmm. I think everyone feels hot there. It's just the vibe. The weather. Everything. The dancing. Ugh. Zach? (laughs) So that that does not resonate with me at all, but but I get it. (laughs) Um, I think it also kind of depends on like what you, how you're defining hot. Because I got to say, when I'm in New York City or anywhere in Europe, I just feel kind of like fancy, which isn't the same as hot, but I just feel kind of like, oh, I'm cool because I'm in this I'm in this cool place. So I'm just by being here, I'm cooler. And I'm a dork. So I love when I can be dorky. So I was going to say like London or or like like older places where I can like really learn things because that's what makes me feel good about myself this is i'm going to go on a tangent possibly Mm -hmm. being somewhere new and experiencing new things going to museums like that to me makes me feel hot is that please don't quote this on instagram hot is a feeling (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's totally me you're an an intellectual hottie i choose thank you i choose to own that thank you okay well i also have a different answer i kind of feel hot in cold weather Erin and I have discussed this at length that I am a cold weather person. She's a hot weather person. Mm -hmm. Not a cold weather person. But like. So you feel hot in Ottawa? (laughs) No. (laughs) In Iceland. In like mountains, Mm. hiking. Ooh, ooh, okay. Like Uh, if I'm in my nicest Patagonia windbreaker and a toque, I feel hot. Me marching up a little hill, I'm like, look at this. I'm so fit. I'm thriving. This mountain air is just getting in my eyes and my my face, and it it feels good. I feel hot outside (laughs) in the cold weather. I will also say I have an affinity for my partner, Mark, in a winter jacket. If he's in a winter jacket. (laughs) That's so interesting. I was just – that's what I was going to say is like our (laughs) our self-perceptions of hotness is based on what we find hot, and I find dorkiness hot. Yeah, I, I like a a nice, a good dancing man, like a nice, <laughs> yeah. nice dancer. Some yeah, hips. Do. Yeah, you do. Some hips that don't lie. I brought you all here so that we could talk about traveling and when it goes wrong 
What we're going to do is we're each going to take 10 to 15 minutes to share a story. I've asked you both to come with a story in mind and ask each other questions, etc. Oh, and then at the end, we can all say what we learned from the story. Okay. So, Zach, would you like to begin? Yeah, sure. I'm going to break. I have two stories, but one's really mini and it involves Lauren. (laughs) I always hurt myself when I travel. And Lauren has witnessed me roll my ankle in front of crowds of people at resorts. Sorry, do do the <laughs> listeners know that Zach's like six foot five? They don't. They okay. don't. Okay. So he's six foot five. He can't see his feet. So that's that's why. This yeah, it's true. It's true. So so I embarrass myself a lot when we travel together. So when I travel, I've said this before: is you know I like to I don't like to make plans. I like to just like roll around like a tumbleweed. And I was with some friends in India. We were in Delhi. And I was going with a really good friend of mine who's, he's Indian. And we had such a great day. And then we had dinner. It was wonderful. And then we were walking around uh, somewhere in Delhi. I don't remember where it was. But he just started getting really excited. He's like, oh my gosh, you have to try this. You have to try this. And I was really taken with how excited he was by it. He's like, this is something that I ate as a kid. It reminds me of my childhood. You really need to try it. And there was a clear understanding that I'm a white dude from North America who has a weak stomach comparatively. <laughs> so I trusted him. Um, and so he's like, here, have some pond. And it was, it, there was a pond stall and what is it? Beetle? It's beetle leaves or some beetle nut yeah, leaves. Yeah, or, yeah. And there's, they're, they're stuffed with cool things. And this one was like flowery. It was like eating flowers. He took it and just put it in my mouth. And I was like, it was like somebody sprayed Glade air freshener in my mouth but i went along with it because i was like "Mm, this is really wonder a really wonderful delicacy from your youth i'm really excited so i like i ate it and then when i was done i was like that's disgusting please don't ever do this to me ever again and so we went on our merry way and then the next morning i was like Uh uh-oh something's not right like something's you know you know we all know i've heard i know this feeling too well yeah yeah like you're like something's not right inside of me however i still have like 10 (laughs) days left on this trip so mind over matter um and it turns out the pond was from a stall that had been sitting in just tap water all day (gasps) as we all know you you're not supposed to drink tap water pretty much anywhere you go just to be safe wait did you go investigate the stall like no i don't want to go back there how do you know this (laughs) because he told he told me he was like Oh. oh i probably shouldn't have fed you that because it was in still water all day. And I was like, okay, well, have faith in the universe that things will work out. Things did not work out. Uh, we, ha- we had to, the rumbling and tumbling starts happening. The appetite starts to disappear. You know, when you know that what the tint of your skin is when you get sick, I'm like, I know, I know it's happening. And we had this huge itinerary ahead of us. So we saw some sites and I was like, okay, I just need to, everywhere I go, I just need to make a mental note in my brain of where the washroom is because nothing had happened yet. And I was like, maybe maybe it'll pass this too shall pass hopefully and it did not and we had to drive i think for six hours to this town and of course that's when my body was like you everything needs to be evacuated (laughs) (laughs) and so and so like i was with my friend and we were like okay we're gonna need to stop sometimes i think during this trip can you please help me because i don't know how this works like we're on a highway in india i don't know like do you get a key from the convenience store and open the door and go i don't know what's happening so i was i went into like meditation mode and i was like okay (laughs) mind over matter if you hold certain things shut it should be fine uh and so we and i was like no we need i like at some you know we all know this right at some point you have to like acknowledge that you need to to do something about it so i did we went to this little 
I don't know, thing on the highway, a, a store, and there was a washroom there. But in India, a lot of the public washrooms are just like porcelain holes in the ground. And so I went in and I was like, I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, just because of the nature of the way things were going to work. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. And I'm really scared there's going to be an accident. I don't have the. Well, you're also six foot five. So yeah. squatting in a hole in the ground is not it, that yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I didn't do anything. I just went back to the car and my, <laughs> yeah, and my friend was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I am not Okay. However, how much longer do we have left? And he was like an hour and a half. And I was like, okay, don't talk to me. I'm going to put my music in. I'm going to like go into like meditation mode and we'll see. And so we kept driving. The road was really bumpy. And eventually we were staying at a hotel. So we got to the hotel and I made it. Thank God. But that wasn't the end of it. That wasn't the end of it because it lasted five days. No. It sucked. Like it was really bad. I had to dr- I drank like liters and liters and liters and liters of water. And it got to the point, like I took a day off. I was like, okay, I'm going to just lay around and see what happens. And I was still quite ill. So, and I was like, no, you know what? I ha- literally took a 16 hour flight to get here. I'm not going to let like my guts bring me down. <laughs> so I was like, no, mind over matter, Zach. Like, you can do this. And so I did. Uh, we went to all these places and everything. And I, it's literally a case of like, where's, where, where are the things? We only, we have a radius here. Let's stay within the radius. And so we did. And it's so funny because I look back on pictures now of like going to these places and I can tell in the picture, I'm like, you felt like total <laughs> crud that day, yeah. but you still went to this place. You still enjoyed it. And it so it was kind of like, like a victory. It was like mind over matter, if you really want to do it, you can. And that sounds so cliche, but in the moment when you're that sick, far away from home, mm-hmm. it you really all you want to do is like be in your own bed. You want you want to go to like the doctor or something. You can't. So it, re- it was really empowering in a way. Yeah. And, and I mean, I did lose some dignity. So. <laughs> and probably some weight. That's graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have said, told this story on the podcast before, so I'm not going to go into it in detail, but I got severely sick in Nepal and then directly went to Scotland and got on a bus tour for five days. I literally got off the bus one time and had to like shit behind a car (laughs) because there was no bathroom. Were there people... Where did the people on the bus know this was happening? No. Okay, good. I eventually oh, told no. my buddy, like Philip was with me, and I eventually told him, but I didn't even tell him till like days later because I was so I was so ashamed. And by the time I told him, we were on the fifth day, and he was like, "You need to see a doctor." We were in this little village, and we go to this pharmacy, and they're like. I don't, we don't know how you're alive. You need to go to a hospital. They were like, this is really serious. You haven't eaten. You've been shitting like for five days straight. (laughs) I didn't realize how serious it is, but apparently it is. If you're on day five of food poisoning, you're supposed to get medical help. Oops. What, what was the lesson? My lesson? If you wear a diaper, (laughs) bring bring diapers with you. That's true. That's actually true. I I think the lesson for me is like, we've been taught that we can go places and do whatever the hell we want. And A, we can't because of a lot of things, colonialism, racism, all of that stuff. But also our bodies don't allow us to. And sometimes we think that we can. So, you know, you're taught you can do whatever you want. 
but your body will be like, hell no, <laughs> check yourself. So that was one lesson. The other lesson is just like, sometimes you feel like crap when you're traveling or even in life, like you might feel like crap and it's it's better to persevere in certain situations and really be mindful of like, okay, this is going to be worth it later. Like th- I'm going to learn something or I'm going to have a good experience. And it teaches you that a lot of things are mind over matter. Sometimes your plans might go to shit or sometimes, you know, you might miss out on something you really wanted to do. Mind over matter. It's not, it's not the end of the world. So that's what I always think of when I recall this experience. It's, it's hilarious and a little bit degrading, <laughs> but, but I learned so many things about it. So that, and now I know I friggin' hate pun. I hate it. So <laughs> I learned that too. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Lauren, I hear you have a great story to tell us. I'm really excited to hear. Well, I mean, I feel like disaster stories always involve food poisoning or pooping your pants or something along those lines. And I was saying to to Aaron prior to recording that I'm a very responsible traveler. So it was I had to dig deep for this one. I was like... I, I, I never get into trouble or do anything that is wrong. Su- that, okay. No, not me. This doesn't <laughs> check out with what I've heard about you. I just got to say. If my mom's listening, then, you know, <laughs> mom, I never do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> but I was in Thailand with a friend of mine and we were in Pai, which is like the north, the north part of Thailand like a hippie town, very cute. I had been living in Korea already for a year. And at that point, I'd already been in Asia for about 13 months. And I was desperate for some American food. And I don't think Pai, Thailand is the right place to go get um, a Caesar salad. (laughs) Um, But I was desperate, like I said. Like I was done with like Asian food as much as I love it. I just really wanted a Caesar salad and like a pizza. Um, So my friend and I, and and I knew, don't eat cream-based things if they're not refrigerated properly or stuff that's washed in tap water, like the lettuce, lots of things that I already knew. But I was didn't care. And it and someone else was eating it and it looked really good. So I was like, I'm gonna have that. Was it really good? Yeah, it was. Worth it. <laughs> I mean, prior to the what happened to me after. Uh, what is it worth it? No. <laughs> but um, it was good. <laughs> the the bad part about it though was that I didn't immediately feel the effects of the Caesar salad until the next day. But my friend got sick probably about six hours earlier than I did. So we woke up to do our travel day. And that day we were going from Pai to Bangkok. And we needed to get from Pai to Chiang Mai via, I think it was a van, and then a bus to the airport, and then the plane to Bangkok. And this was all in the next day. And so we wake up and my friend, we're at breakfast, and he is sweating. He's just like, melting across the table from me and I'm looking at him and and this friend of mine god bless him love him so much but he is an irresponsible traveler <laughs> and while we were there every night he'd go to like 711 and get all these snacks and all this random food and just eat and eat and I was like you're going to get sick not me I'm not having that and 
So sure enough, that next morning, I still felt okay. He's sweating. And I was like, probably shouldn't have had like 20 chocolate bars last night. And I was stupid. And I was teasing him. I was making fun of him because... I mean, I got to defend him a little bit yeah. because 7-Eleven in Thailand yeah. is like, it's heaven. Yes, like it's the true. grilled cheese sandwiches. They yes. heat them up for you. Freaking amazing. Yes. But it's, it's a not. Risk. It's a different world for <laughs> sure. Yeah, they know what they're doing over there. So we get on this van and... I don't know if you have ever been from Pai to Chiang Mai, but it is the windiest road in Thailand, maybe in Southeast Asia. I think there's 792 turns in the three-hour trip. So <laughs> we're stuck in this little van, you know, and they pack you in with like 15 people. And he's sitting directly beside me, like trying his best not to like barf everywhere. And I get carsick. So I wasn't feeling the, the Caesar salad yet, but I was carsick. And with him heaving beside me was <laughs> going to make me sick. So we get to finally get to, to the bus station in Chiang Mai and he's laying on the ground and I started feeling sick. And then I was like, do you have money for the bathroom? Because you have to pay there. Our bus is coming in like an hour. I'm still functional, but not quite. I'm getting bad and he's not functional at all. So I run to the pharmacy to get us Gatorade and whatever, because we're about to get on a bus now to the airport. And then I think we had to take a tuk-tuk at some point. As the night, the day wore on, I remember hanging out of the back of a tuk-tuk barfing my brains out. He's like dying. We're both dying. We get to the airport and luckily our like our bathroom schedules were opposite. Like like we were on like a 10 minute like cycle. <laughs> Thank God because I was getting sick. So I'm in the bathroom. I shit my pants. I mean, sorry, I, I pooped my pants. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I could, I could swear. So I open the door and yell to my friend. I'm like, please bring me my backpack. Like, I have, I have literally no pants on it to throw them out. And so he had enough energy to do that. Anyways, I, I don't remember. I you were going to say he was like, I also pooped my no. pants. Thank God he did not poop his pants. Like We would have been. <laughs> this is like that yeah. scene from <laughs> Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Yeah. Yes. It was... Awful. And then I think that entire flight we both spent in the bathroom. We finally like, take a taxi to our hotel in Bangkok and spent our last day of our trip in bed, curled up like into a ball again, doing like bathroom swaps. And he had the enough energy eventually to go get us some charcoal pills. Thank God. And some McDonald's, which you know what? Sometimes junk food is really what Sometimes you need you when need you it. feel sick. He left a day early, and then by the time he left, I started feeling better, and we came out of it alive. But that was the worst possible day to get food poisoning, like on a 16-hour trip <laughs> with, like, every method of transportation. <laughs> and I lost a really cool pair of pants in that, <laughs> in that story. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess the lesson is, again, if you know you shouldn't do something – you probably should trust your intuition and, and your your knowledge. I mean, mm. within reason, there's always um, an opportunity to like push your limits. But especially with food and being in a country where like food safety isn't really a thing, eating a Caesar salad, no matter how desperate you are for American <laughs> food, is not a good idea. So it's funny because yeah. like the one time I got severely <laughs> sick in Southeast Asia was in Vietnam, and it was the one time I was like, I need to have a hamburger.
Alpaca Pals, if there's one thing we're learning in today's episode, it's that when you travel, you need to be prepared for everything. Yep, and you especially need to be prepared for when things might go wrong. This is exactly why it's important to always pack charcoal tablets and have really good travel insurance. I always get World Nomads insurance because they provide simple and flexible insurance policies that cover travelers from over 100 countries with medical and evacuation coverage, 24-7 emergency assistance, and coverage for a huge range of adventure activities. If things go wrong on your travels, World Nomads will be there to provide the emergency assistance you need so you can carry on with your trip. Benefits, limits, conditions, and exclusions apply. Be sure to read your policy wording. Learn more and get your travel insurance quote at worldnomads.com. The link is in our show notes. All right, well, we've learned a lot about how to eat when we're traveling. I have told a lot of stories on the show before about food poisoning. So I decided this time I would change it up and I would share a story about my love of animals and how when I love them abroad, it always leads to bad things happening to me. And so first I wanted to say like, we're all cat people here, right? I don't know about you, Zach. Are you a cat person? I know Lauren is. Lauren's I am. Zach's not. What is a, what is a cat person? A person who loves cats. But I love cats. I just don't want one. Oh, you're not a cat person. Yeah. Okay, I'm not a cat person. Because if you're a cat person, you have to have one. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to show you this picture of this cat anyways. Look at that little darling Aww, cat. Oh, so cute. I loved this cat. <laughs> Katie. This cat and I had a really nice relationship. I was in Guatemala on Lake Added Land, which is like this really beautiful lake that's like an old crater lake surrounded by little towns. So we were in this town, San Pedro, and every time... We would go out in the evening, we would stop by this little bar and this cat would be there and it would come over and it would crawl like that into my arm. In the photo, I'm like holding, cradling this white cat just lying there asleep. And I thought we had a beautiful relationship, but it went sour on the last day we were there because I think the problem was we went at a different time of day. Normally, we had gone like midday when it was really quiet. This particular time, we went like late at night and it was really loud and people were partying in there. So I think the cat was like feeling a little off that day and didn't like the noise. So I'm holding the cat. We're having a great time as per usual. And then suddenly I get up to move and the cat jumps and clamps down on my arm and I was literally in the middle of this bar, like swinging this cat around. It was attached to my arm, like, oh, my God. And Luke is screaming. I'm screaming. Suddenly, they, like, get the cat off my arm. I have, like, a big bite mark in my arm. <laughs> it bit through my jacket. Oh, my God. And I felt so betrayed. <laughs> so at first, I was like, everything's fine because it's just, like, a little bite. Like, whatever. Fine. But within a couple hours, my anxiety set in and I started thinking about rabies, which if you think about is really not nice because the thing about rabies is I've learned like not everyone knows this. Rabies is like lethal. You die Mm -hmm. if you get rabies. There's like maybe like a 0.5% survival rate. So if you get rabies, it's very serious and you have to treat it immediately. So we went home that night. I wasn't thinking like fully about rabies yet. Like the, the, it had started the rabies anxiety by the next morning. Like it was like really starting to creep in, but we had to fly home in a day. So I was like, I'm just going to stick it out. When we get home, I'll call public health and see what they think. 
So we fly home. My rabies fear is growing and growing and growing. We get home. I go to work. So I'm sitting at the front desk there and I'm just thinking like, oh, maybe I'll be fine. Like it's been two days. I feel fine. Like it's probably okay. And Luke and I are texting and he's like, well, you never know. And I'm like. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, yeah, thanks. (laughs) And the problem is also like Googling it, right? So I got back to work and like I'm just sitting there bored. Of course, I start Googling rabies. And the scary thing about it is if you don't treat it right away, like you won't know that something's gone wrong for months. Like sometimes it can take three months before it actually kicks in and kills you. So for three months, you could think you're totally fine. So I was just totally spiraling. So I called public health. And they were like, you need to go immediately to the closest clinic. They give me this address and they're like, the doctor there will meet you like in the lobby. And I tell Annie, my my manager, you know, Annie, and I'm like, sorry, I have to go. I got bit by a cat. And she's like, oh, my God, go. And I run and it's like across Dundas Square. I go in. The doctor's like in the lobby, pulls me in into this room and he's like, OK, we've ordered the vaccines you don't have to take it, but we highly advise that you do. And I was like, okay, I understand. What's the vaccine? Like, what are you going to do to me? And he's like pulling out these vials and he's like, we have five shots we'll need to administer. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, like right now? And he's like, right now. And I was like, can I, could we do like two and I'll come back in a couple hours and you can do like three more then? And he's like, no, we have to do them all right now. And I felt like I had no choice because he was like, this is what will happen if you happen to have rabies and we don't give you these vaccines. (laughs) So he gave me two in my bum, two in my thighs, and then one in my arm all in one go. Like, this happened within three minutes. Like, bam, 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 bam. It was rough. It was really rough. Did you have, like, side effects after that? My whole body hurt. Yeah. It really hurt. So, for context, this is the second time I've had to get rabies shot in in a foreign country. (laughs) Because the first time I was in India and I was playing with kittens and they bit me. So, I had to go to, like, hospitals all over India getting rabies shots. So, now I have, like, a hard rule, like, no touching cats. It's That's really, hard, really hard as a cat lover. It's hard because they're so because they love you. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I was just gonna ask: Do they want your love, yes. or do they just want things from you? This no. cat wanted my love. It was <laughs> sleeping in my arms. You saw that photo. It was literally sleeping in my arms. Yeah, Aaron, <laughs> the cat almost gave you rabies. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> So like we mentioned at the top, I know you two have traveled quite a lot together. And I know from my own experiences that traveling with friends isn't always a walk in the park. I have had my fair share of arguments with friends and Lucas while traveling. But clearly, the two of you are traveling really well together so far. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. So far. Based on your experiences, do you have tips um, for traveling well with your friends? Like, do you have any, like, secret sauce that's made it work? When we, when I told Lauren that you wanted to have us on to talk about this, the first thing that we said was, there is a story that both of us have gone through that is literally disastrous And I think going through something like that together helps because you learn about how each other works. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and and so we were actually in New York City for Hurricane Sandy and we, 
We're so naive. We're like, let's go to New York. I bought a rain jacket (laughs) before that trip. I'm like, it's going to rain. I'll buy a rain jacket. Yeah. It was a hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you know how, like, uh, like with weather, they they tend to exaggerate. So they're like, a hurricane's coming towards New York. And we're like, whatever. <laughs> Buy a rain jacket. I got a new umbrella. My ex came and had an umbrella as well. We're like, we're prepared. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little a little tiny umbrella. And we're like, it's fine. So we what we had, like, a cute day. I don't know, being basic. Like, like drinking lattes in Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know what I mean? Like, doing the basic stuff. And then all of a sudden... Uh, all over the place, things started shutting down. Like the subway was shutting down early. They said, get inside at this time. Was it still nice out though? It was nice. It was nice out, but the hurricane was supposed to hit early the next morning, I think, or something. As the night went on or as the day went on, you could tell like it was getting windier. It was getting, something was about to happen, but nothing, it wasn't like crazy yet. Like it was just like a bad, bad weather. But um, yeah, I think that night, or did it happen the next day? I think the next day we hold up in our apartment or our hotel on the 10th floor in Soho. And then it started raining and getting really, really bad. And then it stopped and we were like, we're starving. Let's go eat. And then that's when it happened. Like we were out at a restaurant and the whole, the all of Manhattan, the power went down. What? And we couldn't even, you couldn't even see in front of you on the streets. Like there are no street lights, nothing. And we had our phones went down. So we're like, guess we'll just have to figure out how to get back to our yeah, hotel. Power, power generators were blowing up. Yeah. It was it was scary. And we thought it would be cool to go outside at the height of it just to feel it. And like, <laughs> cool. stu- <laughs> stupid. Uh, the, like, we're like, we're just going to go outside and see what a hurricane feels like. It's like being hit by a car. It's terrifying. And what, could you describe what a hurricane, because we've never had one. Like, I've never experienced one. Like, what does it, what does it feel like? Like, is it, it wind and rain? Oh, we have yeah. some pictures too, but not, we not brought them. on the ready. It was like, they were like outside trying to walk against the wind and we couldn't. Like yeah. you couldn't, you you literally got blown away. It was terrifying. Yeah. Whoa. And in New York, it's it's weird because there's not a lot of things that can blow away. It's just all buildings. So it was like a lot of street signs were down and like billboards were all shredded and stuff. Um, but the tricky thing about that was we were staying in a hotel on the 10th floor. The power went out. We had no water, no electricity, nothing. We had nothing for about two days. Yeah. We had cash, but like our phones weren't working. The public transit was down. Lower Manhattan was flooded. We had no idea what was going on. We couldn't get a hold of our family. So we were in a hotel together trying to like make light of it in our friggin' umbrellas and raincoats. Like, and we're like, okay, so we're literally in a natural disaster. Like this is quite bad. Mm -hmm. And so um, like literally our toilet didn't flush. All we did was buy (laughs) <laughs> we have instant noodles, which was stupid because you need electricity in order to boil to the water, boil water. <laughs> uh, and wine. So we were yeah, drunk. Wine. We were no drunk. Water, yeah. Lots of wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, it's fine. It'll and blow no over. Toilet. Yeah, and no toilet. Yeah. <laughs> no like, toilet. So like, so that was a very like, um, like going back to what you're saying, that was a very like, I don't know, bonding. bonding. Yeah, yeah. We bonded. And yeah. so now like when we travel, like we literally had to share a toilet didn't flush. Like use your imagination. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so now- I think that really helped. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing that Zach can do that would surprise me after that trip. Like, we became one person. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Like, it's true. And, and also just, like, the way the way that we, I think, supported each other through it, I guess. Because, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, our families were worried and we tried our best to like get a hold of them and let each other's parents know and like carried each other's crap when we were walking literally 40 blocks to get to a hotel that would take us. Mm -hmm. So I think that really helps is like going through a disastrous situation together. (laughs) Um, Because now it's like, oh God, like what's something we went to Columbia a couple of years ago. I don't think anything really bad happened. We didn't even get sick of each other. We're just like, yeah, I feel like that was like, that was like a make it or break it. I think situation for any friendship couple, anyone where you have to deal family with, you have to deal with someone else because it was so stressful, right? Like Manhattan's an Island. Like they shut the tunnels down and the bridges down. Like there was no way out. And no way of contacting anyone. And you just realize, like, the people that you're with are your people and you got to just make it work. And, like, we did. I remember we had, like, margaritas when we find when a restaurant finally opened and it was the most disgusting restaurant. But we were like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Though. And they were, like, $16. Yeah. And we were like, were we don't warm. care. They were warm. warm. Was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. But so, I mean, but maybe for friends who haven't gone through something like that. Yeah. They like, shouldn't really seek out disaster. Yeah, no, I'm not saying like, yeah, no, don't, don't, yeah, do yeah, don't go to like a exploding volcano ex- hoping to reach new levels in your relationship. <laughs> um, but I mean, maybe for people who haven't gone through that is, I would say don't be afraid to do things separately. Like, yeah. and, and if somebody says like, I need a day to myself, don't take it personally because sometimes you can't spend 14 days in a row with the same people, even like your own partner mm-hmm. or your mom. Like, you know, sometimes you need to to create an understanding ahead of time. Like there's going to be times I'm going to want to do things on my own. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just, I got to do me. Yeah. If you're willing to like listen to each other, right? Like I think that's the, ma- the main takeaway yeah. is, and know each other's triggers and stresses too. There's also been moments where <laughs> I've I've pushed Zach's buttons, like in Cuba when we were at the Veradero Airport. Because I don't know if anyone's been to that. Have you been to that airport? Yes. It's not a very organized place no. to be. And it's like the gates to hell. You can't see what's on the other side, but it's just these buzzing doors. And then you're on the other side and it's total chaos. And it was very stressful. And mine and Zach's ex's way of dealing with it was to sing musicals songs. And Zach was not having it. I go as but. I did with as I did with the pond. I went in inside of myself and I was trying to be like, <laughs> I'll be like, you know, you will get through this. And then they're singing friggin' Chicago soundtracks <laughs> while we're in hell. And so that yeah. you're right, that was a time, but we got through it. Yeah. And and, and but they were also like, We're annoying you, aren't yeah. aren't we? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> At the end of the day, I feel like, you know, you can tell if you're going to like vibe with someone or not. And I think those just those moments really like solidify. Yeah. And they're hilarious. They're hilarious now. No, now they're funny. Now we can laugh about it. Yeah. Yeah. Luke and I say this now whenever we have like bad travel experiences like I've told this on the podcast before but one time our car broke down like in the middle of the Jordanian desert and we were like this is not very good we're in the middle of the desert and we looked at each other and we were like are you nervous and I was like yeah are you nervous and he was like yeah but I know this will be funny when we tell it a year later we were out in the desert for several hours before we got out but we did end up okay we were because we just knew at that point from experience like there's no point in us like getting angry at each other it's not going to like accomplish anything so we just like 
believed that it was going to be okay. And it was. Yeah. And I think when you're traveling with someone that you trust and that you love normally anyways, you yeah. just you just know we're in this together yeah. and we're going to get through it. And like hopefully the majority of the time you do. Okay. Yeah. And also like <laughs> – Zach is a therapist in the room, but I'm going to quote my own therapist who was like, who says in relationships, being able to like fight and resolve the fight is like part of like strengthening the relationship. So even if you're traveling with friends and you do end up fighting, like that's not a bad thing as long as you can work through it together and like find a way to grow from that. You can correct me if you no, like No, I though. totally agree. <laughs> fighting is a he- it's part of a healthy relationship. <laughs> exactly. I think it's probably a good idea for friends, especially friends who are traveling together for the first time, to talk about what their expectations for the trip are. Because I think a lot of friends go into it imagining what they think it's going to be like, and it's something completely opposite. And I think of one specific example that was something as simple as attending a destination wedding. There was a whole group of us and two girlfriends came together. One of them was newly invited to the wedding because that one girl just broke up with her boyfriend, so he couldn't come with her anymore. So she invited her friend to take his place, thinking like, hey, she's going to come with me and help me feel a little bit better that I'm, you know, single on this wedding trip kind of thing. And when the friend came with her, she completely ditched her and was like out on the hunt for somebody to like hook up with and have fun with herself while she was on the trip and just abandoned her friend. And I don't think there was a clear established thing that was like, hey, you're coming because I need support because I'm going to feel kind of shitty on this trip because I'm newly single. Like, can you be there? Can we make this like a girl's trip? But since that was never articulated then it just became a hot mess and they are no longer friends. <laughs> so can, that can happen. Yeah. yeah. Set yeah. the expectations at yeah. least or yeah. have that conversation. Yeah. And that reminds me of something too. Like I know when we travel a lot, obviously I'm gay. She's a woman. My partner is a person of color. So we actually do have these discussions about like to set expectations because, because the way that you're treated on trips can have an impact on how much you enjoy them. So we talk about things like, you know, if we're walking down the street and Lauren's getting cat called, I'll act like her boyfriend. Or, you know, like sometimes we'll have to downplay the whole gay thing, depending on where we are, just to be safer. It's that's part of the understanding you have to have, right, is you have to kind of look after each other and not put each other in situations that might be risky. Zach is a really good friend because even when I do my solo trips, he I still share my location with him just so he knows where I am if I don't turn up, which yeah. is like... A good, I think I would only ever do that with Zach too because he understands my, you know, the way that I like to travel and be free and do my own thing. But it gives me comfort knowing that he's not going to like judge me or or worry. Like there's no need to worry because he's got me. If no one else does, he does, even if he's not even there, which is really great. Yeah, that's true. That, that's like a discussion, right? Is Or if you want to have a solo day on a trip when we're traveling together, yeah. like share your location with each other. Yeah. Without judging, like, what, you know, like, oh, you went here without me or, you know what I mean? You did this. You did, like, what? Yeah. Just, like, safety first, keeping your identity in mind because that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I think that's an important part. You're totally right. And I can actually speak to this, like, from experience. When I was in Morocco, I hung out with two guys and they weren't my friends. I met them in the hostel, but we would go out around Marrakesh together. And I ended up really upset with them because... 
I don't know if you've been to Morocco, but often people in the streets, like store vendors and stuff, will call to you and try to get you to follow them. Basically, they'll guide you like down into the alleyways. And I felt really uncomfortable with that because I had been catcalled the whole time. Men were treating me like in an uncomfortable way. I was very on guard there, especially alone. And when I was with these guys, they just had this like nonchalantness and confidence and lack of fear. And they would push me to go with them. So like we'd be walking down the street and a vendor would be like, come, 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 like follow me, follow me. And I would be there being like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And they would be like, oh, it'll be fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. And there was just a clear like lack of boundaries. I mean, if they had been friends, I probably would have been more forward, like at the start of hanging out with them being like, look, like I'm a woman and like this isn't comfortable for me in this particular place. But yeah, that was just one of those like clear examples of like their experience is just not the same as mine in this place. And it was hard to communicate that to them. I, I think it would be easier with friends because there's already like open lines of communication, but with total strangers who not nice. Yeah. But I think even with friends, you have to have the discussion because you could travel with straight dudes who the world is their oyster culturally, right? Like they can, mm-hmm. they that's what they're told. Yeah. And I think that sometimes they might get upset because they, you know, we have to put boundaries around things. But mm-hmm. I think that we have to get into a space where especially people like that need to put boundaries around how they travel. Having those discussions is a good thing, I think. And and some people might have to just understand that you can't have it your way all the time when you're Mm-hmm. going somewhere you have to respect the people you're with and where you're going too. you have to respect the space you're in so yeah another thing i've learned i don't know if you two have experienced this but in traveling with friends luke and i are always on the same page about budget because we live in the same household so like our budget is shared anyways but i've noticed when traveling with friends like it's good to talk about that because sometimes there will be like discrepancy in like what a person wants, like they might want an expensive dinner and you're like, no, I want to like go more budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ain't us. That ain't us. No. Yeah. No. We're happy in a, I don't know, a room with a toilet and a bed. <laughs> <laughs> a working yeah. Working, <laughs> working toilet. It doesn't even have to work. Yeah. Alpaca My Bags is written and hosted by me, Erin Hines, and produced by Katie Lohr. Do you want to support this podcast? If so, there are a few ways that you can. You can leave a review on your podcast app or show us your love on Patreon. Pledging $5 a month or more directly supports the making of this show. The link to our Patreon is in the show notes. That's all for now, Alpaca Pals. I'll talk to you again in two weeks, and I hope you all get to alpaca your bags safely and soon. Bye.